All right, welcome back to our teaching in the book of Genesis. Now, the last time we were here in chapter 47, we find out that Jacob and his entire family had been brought into the land of Egypt and set in the land of Goshen, a very fertile place where they could grow and reproduce. This was the mindset of God as well as the will of Joseph as well. But they were brought into the land of Canaan and so they were initially uh, brought before the Pharaoh himself. Joseph brought a representation of all of his tribal brothers before the Pharaoh, that is five of his brothers, where the Pharaoh asked of their occupation as well as granted them an open invitation into the land of Egypt. And that will be by the Pharaoh himself. And so he also, that is the Pharaoh, directed Joseph, since his brothers were uh, keepers of cattle and shepherds and things of that nature, he invited him to, to take the best, the most uh, capable of his brothers and set them over Pharaoh's own cattle and sheep as well. So this was also a blessing from the Pharaoh. And then finally, Joseph brought his father, the head of the family, the patriarch, before uh, the Pharaoh, that is Jacob. And we saw Jacob bless Pharaoh twice. And of course, <laughs> in conversation, Pharaoh asked Jacob about his life and he let him know that he was 130 years of age and that he had many troubles in his life. But nevertheless, God had been with him in all of that time. And so now finally, after they were taken away from the presence of the Pharaoh, we got through with that particular issue. Uh, the text started reverting back over to the famine and the condition of the land with respect to the people of Egypt. And we saw three particular things that happened to the Egyptians uh, because of the, the famine was so severe upon them. Uh, first thing, they in trying to survive the famine, they spent all of their money. After all of their money was gone, they used all of their livestock and animals in order to trade with Joseph so that they can get grain for themselves so they could survive the famine. And then finally, as the famine pressed and became so severe, they gave themselves as well as their properties, that is themselves as slaves unto Pharaoh and their properties to the prophet of the Pharaoh. And so in doing these things, we saw the great distress upon the people because of the famine. And so Joseph accepted these things. And so he made it a policy that was continuing even up until the time of Moses, which would be uh, uh, many years later. The policy would policy would be that the land is owned by Pharaoh. The people would work the land. The people would, would take 20 percent of all that is produced from the land, return it back to Pharaoh and the rest of the 80 percent would be theirs. And so this became their policy. But over against the difficulties that was faced by the Egyptians, we also see what there is a blessing in the land of Goshen with respect to the Israelite people. So it's almost a contrast that was seen here. As there was great hardship with the Egyptians, there was great blessing when we looked at Israel. And what did we see? We saw productivity and fruitfulness and the nation began to grow in an explosive manner, just as God had said to Jacob, just as God had promised to Abraham, Isaac, and of course, also Jacob as well. Okay. So now with all of that, we are continuing because we know that 
Jacob is now um, approximately 147 years of age. He knows that his time has come for him, uh, that he is about to die. And so we are now entering a section where he will begin to bless Joseph as well as his remaining brothers. And in the blessing of Joseph, that would be the blessing of Joseph's two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, okay? So with all of that, we now move into that particular stage of blessing as jo Jacob himself prepares to die, so he wants to bless his sons before he dies. And we saw that even earlier uh, with the patriarch, Jacob's father himself, Isaac. Okay. But nevertheless, let's move into chapter 48. Now it came about that after these things that Joseph was told, behold, your father is sick. So he took his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim with him. When it was told to Jacob, behold, your son, Joseph has come to you. Israel collected his strength and set up on it, set up in the bed. Then Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me. And he said to me, Behold, I will make you fruitful and numerous, and I will make you a company of peoples, and I will give this land to your descendants after you for an everlasting possession. Now, your two sons who were born to you in the land of Egypt before I came to you in Egypt are mine. Ephraim and Manasseh shall be mine as Reuben and Simon are, but your offspring that have been born after them shall be yours. They shall be called by the names of their brothers in their inheritance. Okay. So now when it begins that we are now approaching Jake, that is Jacob is approaching the eminence that he is about to die it's, it's the time has come. Okay. And so it was told the message was sent to Joseph saying that his father was sick, that is approaching death. And so Joseph realizing these things took his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. You we do remember the two sons of Joseph that he bore in Egypt before his father. And the idea that's in the mind of Joseph is so that he could bless Joseph and his two sons before they die. Okay. And so when he went into the room, Jacob gathered his strength together. And he says here in the text that he collected himself and set up on his bed. Now, is this his bed or is this his staff? Look at the last thing that I talked about in chapter 47. That is the previous video. When I dealt with that whole issue about whether it's the staff or the bed and most likely here, it is possible that it is his bed seeing that he is very sick, but it also could very well be the same instance that it is his staff that he is continuing to lean upon. But nevertheless, to see that argument, Go again and reflect to that previous video that we did on that issue. Okay. But anyway, okay. So he came and then we see the rehearsal of Jacob as he talked about how God had blessed him and God had been with him. And we're going to notice the three ways that he gives reference to God. The first reference he gives to God is El Shaddai. 
or as the text said here in English, God Almighty. And he talks about the appearance of God at Luz. And we remember Luz was the former name that Jacob renamed to Bethel. And I believe that's chapter 28. We remember when, when uh, Jacob was fleeing from the presence of his brother Esau and he had came into this particular place and there he had this dream and God was, and the angels of God were ascending and descending and there God was above this particular staircase. But nevertheless, that is the visionary appearance that Jacob is referring to here. And how he talks about how God had blessed him there and he told him that he would make him fruitful. And, we, and remember, this is nothing more than a continuation of the Abrahamic covenant. Same thing that God has said to Abraham about making his descendants fruitful like the uh, stars of the sky, the sand of the seashore. Same promise that he made into his son, Abraham's son, Isaac, the same promise here that Jacob is reiterating to Joseph again. Now, what Jacob himself is doing is he is apportioning the Abrahamic promise to Joseph, namely to Joseph's son. So the blessing that is being given to Joseph's sons is the same blessing that is being apportioned to Joseph himself. So the eye, you got to get the idea as Joseph is the, it has the birthright, the blessing of the firstborn son. Jacob here is adopting. He is legally adopting in a very binding way, the two sons of Joseph, and he is applying the birthright to the sons of Joseph. Okay. So they now receive the birthright blessing, which we know will be Ephraim, Ephraim. And we'll talk about that as we work through the text. Okay. And so he talks about this birthright. Remember the birthright, the blessings. And uh, then he talked about uh, that just like uh, Reuben and Simon are the sons of, of Jacob. So what he's doing here is this. Remember, Reuben is his firstborn son, and also Simon, too, is the next son. Reuben, Simon, Levi, and Judah. These are the sons of Leah, okay? But we remember that Reuben violated his father by, by having a sexual relationship with his father, father's concubine. And so, therefore, Reuben lost the right of the firstborn. Now, we also do remember that Simon, along with Levi, in the incident concerning Dinah, chapter 34, they had misrepresented Jacob and had gone and killed all of those Shechemite males. But just go back and look at that study and that. But nevertheless, what happened is Jacob as the patriarch and the father, he has the right, the legal right as well. Okay. Moral and legal right to replace these two sons. Now he is not doing away with them, but what he is doing is this, the right of inheritance that would have been given to Reuben as the firstborn. He is not, he's taking that right, that birthright as he had given it to Joseph. And that's what the mindset was we saw in chapter 37, Joseph was given the birthright. Okay. And so he is displacing Reuben and Simon in their lines. And he is taking Joseph. That is the two sons of Joseph. 
Ephraim and Manasseh and putting them in their place. Okay, so this is what he is doing. Legally adopting and placing them in front as the head of the families in order of blessing of the birthright. Okay, so now once he finishes that, then he continues on verse number seven. Now, as for me, when I came from Padan, Rachel died to my sorrow in the land of Canaan on the journey when there was still some distance to go to Ephrath. And I buried her there on the way to Ephrath, that is Bethlehem. When Israel saw Joseph's sons, he said, who are these? Joseph said to his father, they are my sons whom God has given me here. So he said, bring them to me please that I might bless them. Now the eyes of Israel were so dim from age that he could not see. Then Joseph brought them close to him and he kissed them and embraced them. So Israel said to Joseph, I never expected to see your face and behold, God has let me see your children as well. Oh, so, so let me stop there. So now he gives a reflection that is Jacob reflects on the death of his favorite uh, wife, Rachel. And we know that Rachel is the mother of Joseph, the grandmother, the grandmother of these two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. So he reflects on how that she died early before while they were on their way to Bethlehem. And so he buried her along the way. And then he saw the two sons of Joseph, Manasseh, who is the firstborn. And that's going to be important as we work our way through the text. And then Ephraim, the second born son of Joseph, both born in the land of Egypt. And so remember his eyesight is dim because of age. He didn't recognize them. So he asked who they were. And so Joseph told them that they were his sons and that he prepared to bring them to prepare to bring them both before his father. So that may so that Jacob can bless the sons of Joseph. So he embraced those two boys. He kissed them. And so he begins the official blessing of the two sons. But before he did that, he remarked to Joseph that how indeed it was a blessing. He never thought that he would see Joseph again. Remember what his brothers had told him much earlier, and I believe it's the end of chapter 37, how that an animal they presented Joseph's robe of many colors torn with blood upon him and Jacob, and they deceived Jacob into thinking that Joseph was dead. And so Joseph, Jacob, said to Joseph, I never thought that I would see your face again and how it is a wonderful thing. Not only have I seen you, I have seen your two sons. Okay. And so now Joseph prepares them for the blessing. He brings them near to his father. Verse number 13. Let's start at 12. I'm sorry. Then Joseph took them from his knees and he bowed with his face to the ground. Joseph took them both Ephraim with his right hand toward Israel's left and Manasseh with his left hand toward Israel's right and brought them close to him. But Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it on the head of Ephraim, who was the younger and his left hand on Manasseh's head, Manasseh's head, crossing his hands, although Manasseh was the firstborn. He blessed Joseph and said, 
the God before whom my fathers, Abraham and Isaac walk, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day, the angel who has redeemed me from all evil, bless the lads and may my name live on in them and the names of my father, Abraham and Isaac, and may they grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. Now let's just stop there. We'll work our way through the text, but let's stop here. So it is time for the blessing, right? And so what Joseph did was he understood, he understood customarily the normal way it would be done is that the elder son would be given the blessing of the birthright. And remember the eldest son is Manasseh. So he took Manasseh and he put Manasseh so that when he came before his father's Jacob, Jacob's right hand would come upon the head of Manasseh. So he took also Ephraim so that the head of Ephraim would the hand of Joseph would come up the left hand of Joseph, um, Jacob. I'm sorry. His left hand would come upon Ephraim so that the right hand of power, the right hand of blessing would come upon the firstborn. But when he brought them to Jacob, Jacob consciously switched his hands over so that his right hand would be upon the head of the younger son and the left hand would be upon the head of the eldest son so that he would give the blessing of the birthright to the younger son. Now, this is the fourth time that this was done. This is the fourth generation which just was done in which the younger son received the blessings that would have normally been given to the eldest son. We saw that with the sons of Abraham and what and how that Isaac was blessed. The younger son was blessed in front of his elder brother Ishmael. We saw that with the sons of Isaac and how that Jacob, the younger son, was blessed before the eldest son Esau. And then we saw that once again in how Jacob's younger son, Joseph, was blessed ahead of Reuben, the eldest son. And now for the fourth time, we're seeing this in how Ephraim, the younger son of Joseph, is being given the birthright over his older brother, Manasseh. And so he begins to bless. And so this was showing in how God worked in a way that men naturally did not expect. And this should have been understood by Joseph as Joseph himself was blessed in this manner. But nevertheless, so he begins to bless. Notice he blessed Joseph. He blessed his hands are on the sons of Joseph. But the text says 15, he blessed Joseph. And that's what you have to see. It is the blessing of Joseph the blessing of the birthright that is being given here and the patriarchal blessing. But this blessing is being transmitted to Joseph through his sons, even unto his sons. So catch that point. Not only Joseph, that's initial blessing, but also the sons of Joseph, even namely here, Ephraim. Okay. And so notice the threefold reference that he gives unto God. Remember the first time he called God, God almighty, El Shaddai. And now he calls him what? The God of his father, 
Abraham and Isaac. He calls him also the God who is God, his shepherd. And then he refers to him as the angel of the Lord. And we understand this to be the second person of the Godhead. We simply Jesus, our Messiah. Okay. But nevertheless, the threefold, uh, annunciation to the person of God and solidifying his faith and his trust in God, the God who kept me, the God who shepherded me, the God who blessed me, the God who protected me. This God will also bless you and bless your sons. And that's basically what he is saying. Okay. And so he gives them the, the sons of Joseph, the Abrahamic blessing, because notice what he said, may my name live in them. My name, the blessing that was blessed upon Isaac, which was blessed upon Jacob, which was blessed. He is blessing now upon the sons of Joseph. So that is the Abrahamic blessing he is bestowing upon them and the blessing of the multitude. Okay. All right. So now as the blessing is continuing, uh, that Jacob is continuing blessing the sons of Joseph. Joseph take note. He takes notice that the hands of his father is crossed. So with that, let's continue in verse number 17. When Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand on Ephraim's head, it displeased him. And he grasped his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim's head to Manasseh's head. Joseph said to his father, not so my father, for this one is the firstborn. Place your right hand on his head. But his father refused and said, I know my son, I know. He also will become a people and he also will be great. However, his younger brother shall be greater than he and his descendants shall become a multitude of nations. So he blessed them that day saying, by you, Israel will pronounce blessing saying, may God make you like Ephraim and Manasseh. Thus he put Ephraim before Manasseh. Then Israel said to Joseph, behold, I'm about to die, but God will be with you and bring you back to the land of your fathers. I give you one portion more than your brothers, which I took from the hand of the Amorite with my sword and my bow. All right. So now when Jacob, Joseph, I'm sorry, recognizes that the birth, the birthright blessing is being bestowed upon Ephraim, the younger son, instead of Manasseh. Notice it said it's disple it displeased Joseph because Joseph in the natural sense, he wanted the elder son to receive the blessing. So he, he not so much as complained, but he made his father aware and tried to remove Jacob's hand from Ephraim's head, the right hand from Ephraim's head and place it on Manasseh's head. But when he did that, Jacob refused. He said, no, Joseph, no, I know what I'm doing, but notice the tenderness in his voice that he gave to Joseph. Notice he said, I know my son, I know. And then he comforted Joseph's heart, even though he is giving the prophetic blessing of the birthright to the younger son, Ephraim, he still, in, he still comforted Joseph's heart and said, 
Nevertheless, even though Manasseh, he is older, he will not receive the blessing of the birthright, but he will still be blessed indeed. He will become great in Israel. He will become a great people in Israel. It's only that the birthright is given to the younger brother, Ephraim, but an Ephraim will be even greater. And we're not going to jump way into the future, but simply as a matter of fact, we know that later on Ephraim would become the dominant tribe. And at many times in the prophetic utterances of the prophets, when they refer to, because we know that later on, they're going to be divided into uh, Israel, the North and Israel, the South, which would be called Judah. Okay. And sometimes when the prophets would refer to Israel, the North, they would simply refer to them by the name of Ephraim or Ephraim here, because Ephraim would become the greater of the tribe. So they would become the tribal leaders. Okay. So that's what he's particularly saying here, even though Manasseh will also be blessed as well. So he continues on the blessing and he says that even the, the nation of Israel, all of the tribal families, all of the sons of Israel will bless these two sons of Joseph and say, may the tribes be like Ephraim and Manasseh. And so that day he solidified the blessing of the firstborn to Joseph's, Joseph's younger son, Ephraim, and in solidifying that blessing to the younger son, and blessing both sons, he blessed Joseph himself. And in doing so, by adopting Joseph's two sons, he also gave Joseph what? A double portion above his brothers. He gave him twice as much. And we see this allotment even later on spoken in John chapter four, remember the woman at the well and this very uh, well of, of in a, uh, Shechem of Sychar, the well of Shechem was the inheritance that was given to Joseph from Jacob. Okay. And this is what is referring to at the end in verse number 22, that double portion of the land of inheritance. And, but now it talks about that, which he took from the Amorites with his bow, that is by virtue of conquest. And there is no other place that this is talking about, talked about, Previously in the scripture, there, there is no indication that Joseph has some kind of battle with the Amorites, except for at this particular place. Okay, so that wraps up chapter 48 with the blessing of the birthright. And that's what you should understand just took place here. Jacob, before he dies, officially gives the birthright blessing to Joseph, namely to the younger son of Joseph, Ephraim, and he bestows upon Joseph a double portion of the blessing so that he will have a double representation even in the land of Canaan when they return back into the land. Okay. All right. He also too, and I forgot to make mention of it. He said to Joseph that the Lord would bring him back. The Lord would bring Joseph back into the land of promise. And we know that this would be fulfilled many years later when Moses with the children of Israel delivers them from bondage to Egypt and they take the bones of Joseph 
out of the land of Egypt and take them and bury them in Joseph's inheritance in the land of Canaan. So this will also be fulfilled, okay? So that's, that's, uh, that's chapter 48, the blessings of the birthright given to Joseph, namely to Ephraim. So join me next time as we get into chapter 49 and we talk about the prophetic utterances of Jacob concerning his remaining sons. These will be blessings as well, but the idea will be predominant upon the prophetic utterance. What will become of the tribes of the remaining sons of Jacob? All right, guys, see you next time.